Live Smackdown, Podcast in the Shadows, it's Blake, doing the damn thing, WWA, what's good everybody? Smackdown Live happened last night, along with 205 Live, I think we might be able to fit in all of the awesome matches that took place and all of the fun news that WWE had granted us. Uh, regarding the next uh, pay-per-view event, Money in the Bank, streaming live in the WWE Network in a couple of weeks. Um, got a couple matches and such like that. But either way, I did not get to see the first 30 minutes of the show. I'm going to get back and uh, definitely at least check out that opening segment. When I turned on SmackDown Live, just keeping it real, what we ran into was uh, Kyrie Sane and uh, Oscar coming out with Paige for Kyrie Sane's singles match against one half of the women's tag team champions, Peyton Royce. So, um, apparently, the story was uh, Shane came out and he was very upset about what took place last week between uh, Roman Reigns being very upset with Mr. McMahon and naming Elias, WWE SmackDown Live's biggest acquisition in history. Uh, we understand, you know, the inside of storyline, very good stuff. You know, watching the segment last week, listening to the promotions this week and what could have taken place, like, is Roman going to be fired and all the rest of this, like, what's going to happen to the big dog because he punched the chairman in the face and we get it. So it, uh, I forgot that Shane was a bad guy, which was totally dope. I think, uh, you know, Shane coming out to defend his dad after going through the little storyline with Miz. It's like, you know, it's classic contradictory heel stuff. I enjoy it, you know, but at the same time, you know, I, I stand to my feet each and every time a member of the McMahon clan comes out to stage. So I'm a little mad I missed out on uh, Shano's entrance, the best in the world. And I believe Greg Ham was on um, announcing last night. So hopefully he got it right and Shane ain't have to mess with him too much. But uh, that all remains to be seen. I'll figure that out in a, in a couple. But um, he was ready to scrap with the big dog. Shouts to Shane. Shane is literally the epitome of fearless. You know, he's yeah, the boss, the son, and all of that, but the fact that he's willing to go in there and get it scrapping with literally the pick, all right, outside of storyline, I think it's great for Roman, and I think it's great for Shane. It keeps the McMahon name strong, not that it needs, you know, any more uh, workout, <laughs> you know what I mean, but uh, no, it keeps the McMahon name, the, the reputation for the McMahons being, you know, a fearless bunch of I don't want to say SOBs, but goddamn, you know, like it's it's just some stuff that works. And Shane being Shane and the way he's been, just with what, no matter how you feel about his fighting style, you know, inside a storyline, that shit always looks cool to me. I enjoy seeing it. And then now I have Shane going there against Roman. It was one of those just unforeseen. Like you would think that Shane and Miz was a, a you know, quick one off. Shane said, I'm going to get back in there one time, dust it off. What is it? I think. Uh, Shane is 48 years old. You know, he he doesn't need to do this. But at the same time, I wholeheartedly respect anybody that's getting in there and saying, look, my dad did it. There ain't no damn reason why I can't do it. I, I really honor shit like or stuff like that. So shouts to Shane. Uh, apparently him and Rome was going. They got into it. I seen a little bit of the replay uh, on SmackDown Live. And boy, oh boy, they got into it. It was a 
fairly even exchange between the two. Um, but Elias came out and interfered on the McMahon's behalf. So this keeps the rivalry going. And all in all, this turns into a challenge from Elias to Roman in the name of the Honorable McMahon's. So we're going to get Elias versus Roman at Money in the Bank. Why not? Good little rivalry for Roman to come on in with. It keeps Elias at the 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 the, 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 the silent top level. You know, like he's he's bringing out the legends. He's bringing out the top superstars. He is totally a worthy competitor at the top level. Some people were tired of seeing Elias uh, not with a championship. Some people were even tired of Elias's musical act. How dare they? I dare say blasphemy. But. Uh, People, I, I actually heard this, and this was kind of interesting to me. So maybe, uh, maybe Sasha can call Bailey and tell Bailey that I said that it's a good idea to have Elias win the Money in the Bank briefcase and turn it into a Money in the Bank guitar case. That would have been awesome. Maybe next year. I know we got, you know, the plans essentially solidified. I can't wait to see who's going to be in the Money in the Bank match this year. Two of my early predictions of who's going in, Cesaro and Ricochet. I don't know. These picks aren't up to me. I just know that I want to do what I can to make sure that uh, WWE is willing to uh, listen to where I'm coming from because I like trying to be an authority figure in the WWE universe. I'm trying to think like a boss, you know, trying to show growth and evolution and stuff like that. So, with that, uh, I think it was a, I think it's a good idea to uh, have that match. Maybe next year we can see Elias really go on an MITB title run or, you know, like go, go for that chase. But last two years, Money in the Bank hasn't been that crazy for the Mills winners. So they're going to, you know, step it up. And whoever wins this time is really going to take home some excellent prizes in the name of a eventual a WWE championship reign. Third prediction for the MITB now, Andrade. He is a name that we have not, not really seen go all the way in the way we know he can. So it's going to be great to see him really become the face of Latin America. And I'm saying it. I am saying it, Andrade Cien Almas, well, formerly known, but Andrade with La Muñeca, Zelina Vega, will be the face of Latin America if we going through with this Fox deal the way everybody's talking about it. I believe, just like I believe in Dana Brooke, who moved up maybe maybe one or two steps last night because we uh, finally have our women's matches set up, so... Uh, we'll get into that when we get there. But all in all, fun opening segment to SmackDown Live. I enjoyed uh, watching the small bit that I was able to see on the replay. And I really can't wait to see how it all played out. You know, with Shane thinking that Roman just doesn't have the proper amounts of respect. And we've seen it happen before when, you know, Roman was uh, picked to go into the Royal Rumble at number one. And such like that. And all of that stuff. So, Whatever. All in all, we're going to see how it all plays out, but I like how, it all, how it's all going so far. Oh, man. Apparently, I missed Finn Balor take on Andrade, too, where Finn picked up the victory. And, I, I mean, I don't know if the championship was on the line or not. I'll find out. 
But just keeping it real, I didn't catch those two matches, but I definitely am interested in seeing how they played out. If Finn beat Andrade there, and you see, I was just talking about him. Um, okay, it keeps Finn strong, and we can't wait to see what Andrade does. Kyrie Sane took on uh, Peyton Royce next. That's what I said. We've seen that, seen the entrances. You know, Kyrie is, you know, she's nice. They uh, called her Kerry and couldn't get a name right at the Iconics. Uh, both of them, good promo. I think the people are, you know, listening in and trying to throw in the Iconics when they can. Maybe they could have a little countdown and everyone could do it at the same time. You know, just like the Dudleys did when it was uh, get the tables and such like that. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just a small add-on. And what could potentially happen. Uh, but I liked it. I like to see Peyton Royce in there. We like to see Kyrie in there. Bust out the great insane elbow where she throws her legs out and the way her body's angled. So I, I like that. I like how she's, you know, just coming up. I don't want to overshadow Oscar or anything like that. But I personally like seeing the women's tag team champions in singles competition. is bringing a more filled-in segment to the shows and the brands and such like that, especially since we're seeing them on both shows and they're both not really defending the championships. I'm a little upset right now, so I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. I'm going to minus a lot of the details only because I, I had a lot of the footage that was that was just recorded. I had to get rid of it. It's, it's whatever, though. Chad Gable went at it with Jinder Mahal next. They... Had a, they didn't get to have their match because the freak accident, Lars Sullivan, came out and beat up everybody. This brought out our truth from last week because he was still mad that he got beat up and Carmelo, I guess, was uh, involved in that beatdown somehow or whatever. And he was upset with Lars, so he tried to fight Lars. Shouts to truth, but, you know, he wasn't going to take him out one-on-one. So perhaps everybody that Lars Sullivan has beat up can all tag team on him, you know. And Lars can still pick up the win next week, but to get you know, 501 or whatever, because he's beating up Rey Mysterio, he's beating up the Hardys, he's beating up uh, Kurt Angle, he's beating up Raw Truth, he's beating up uh, Chad Gable at this point, he's beating up the Singh brothers, I think Jinder Mahal was able to get out of there, but all in all, he's beating up a lot of people, so now we can have a giant uh, tag team matchup or handicap match, I don't know, maybe, like I said, maybe a 501 or something like that, and he still, well, still comes out with the victory, but... Uh, it remains to be seen. I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall with that one, but that was all in all a good little segment. Lost Sullivan's still completely badass, and we're just going to uh, get into the next segment after that. Charlotte Becky, excuse me, Charlotte, Becky, and Bailey. Uh, well, uh, basically starts out with Becky Two Bells. She come out, cut a promo. Uh, Charlotte came out, you know, cut her promo. And uh, I'm not really going to get into details because what matters most is what I've been thinking about regarding this entire thing. You know, the Internet is giving a mixed reaction on Charlotte going into the Money in the Bank main event. Well, the Money in the Bank uh, event going against Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky's pulling double duty. Everyone's feeling like, okay, Charlotte constantly is given the opportunity. When is it going to be some other uh, superstars' turns? This was in Becky's uh, promo. It was real nice to have Becky do that. It got the crowd on her side some more. So, you know, just... A good look uh, uh, from that side of it all, and uh, Bailey comes out and challenges Charlotte to pretty much. Well, not say Charlotte, but fuck, it doesn't matter. It's pretty much a challenge, and whoever wins is going to be taking on Becky at Money in the Bank in a couple of weeks, out streaming live on the WWE Network. So, uh, 
Beck, Bailey and Charlotte go at it. I have a good match. Bailey was more so aggressive. She's really been stepping up these past couple of weeks. Again, I'm a little upset and trying not trying to speed through these segments, but at the same time, I'm getting that I want to. I'm speaking on the parts that really stood out to me the most, the parts that I could find true appreciation in. And Bailey's really been on a much more aggressive wave in these past couple of weeks. Uh, the Sasha Banks situation, I wouldn't say it's weighing on her head, but it's clearly got her a little uh, upset, and now she has a chip on her shoulder, so she's coming over to SmackDown, and she wants that women's championship. I think right now it's not, it's just too early in the Superstar shakeup to have uh, a credible uh, challenger from the SmackDown I've ran and take on Becky. The only credible challenger we have right now is Charlotte just because of their time of history. And there's also a story there with Charlotte, you know, not really being pinned at WrestleMania, putting in the work just like Becky did to uh, get Ronda Rousey down for three seconds inside a storyline, regardless of how the situation came about. Uh, but uh, Charlotte versus... Uh, Bailey for the number one contender match. That's how we're going to call it for right now. Charlotte picked up the victory, so it's going to be Charlotte versus Becky at Money in the Bank. I'm not mad. I want to see Bailey and uh, Ember Moon and the rest of the women on the roster, like Liv Morgan and, uh, you know, everyone else that's there right now that it's just with Kyrie Sane. And, but, I mean, the women's tag championships. But I, w I think everyone should at least start the character development to see who could be next leading into the Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view. My idea, my, I won't say prediction, but my idea would be maybe... Uh, maybe letting Becky hold on to it till SummerSlam or, you know, extra, and I'm talking like eventually pardon. I said, oh, yeah, oh, man, I'm just halfway confused. I was thinking that Becky wasn't pulling double duty. I just remembered that she was because I think we still have to get through Extreme Rules and then we'll get to uh, the SummerSlam pay-per-view, but maybe we could give these uh, double the double champ thing a, a, a fairer run. A longer time, everybody get used to it. I don't think people are going to get tired of it, but all of that remains to be seen. This is me just throwing spaghetti at the wall, and we'll find out how it all takes place uh, in the coming weeks. All in all, good match, good segment, good build. Brought up Lacey Evans, shouts to Lacey Evans, and Becky's full of double duty, so we're going to see if she can make herself look really, really strong because if she wins, yeah, she's essentially solidified like, yeah, B2 women, shame night. Uh, how many more times are we going to have that happen? It's not too... I don't know if we're going to get a double champ again anytime soon. So when these titles do get split up and everything goes back to normal with the Ron SmackDown brand with the women's championships, I'm pretty sure the women's division is going to be uh, that much more fired up to, you know, keep them uh, separate. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there, but we'll figure out how it all takes place. Let's get on into the next segment now. All right, main event, Kofi Kingston versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. First of all, Shinsuke Nakamura, who hasn't been utilized like that, is a total championship talent, uh, ch championship caliber talent. And to have him in there with the WWE champion and Kofi Kingston, I think that's just a perfect look to, you know, keep them around at a good place. Not to, you know, it doesn't, I, I, I think that it looked like, they weren't taking Shinsuke Nakamura seriously as a championship-level competitor. But in a match like that, where now Kofi is the champion, it was totally an unforeseen circumstance in him being champion. Now we can have guys like Shinsuke Nakamura get in there. And, you know, uh, you know, just get, get you know, have a nice little match. And that's exactly what they did. The King of Strong style went up against the Dreadlock Dynamo when they had, the, had a cool little match. Kofi was about to win, I believe, with the uh, SOS. And... Uh, and hold on, because the, the kicks in this match with the ducks and the dodges and stuff like that, all of the elements of a good match were right there. Rusev out there in a the suit, Lana dressed up with him, Woods and uh, KO uh, on commentary. Now, we all know how this all went. 
Uh, Rusev eventually interferes when Kofi was going to pick up the victory. This turns into an all-out brawl. Kofi, no, excuse me, Kofi uh, saves KO. KO gets kicked in. Well, excuse me, Kofi uh, kicks Nakamura in the face. And uh, when KO was in the clear, he super kicks Kofi. Now, we all know I wasn't accustomed to it. I was talking about it for a very long time. KO as a face doesn't make sense to me. I mean, they're utilizing him now because of, you know, the whole fast lane thing. But he had just got back, so now he's back. And outside of storyline, I think it's awesome to have, you know, KO get up in there and be right into the championship picture, be seen as a top talent on SmackDown Live you know, along with Kofi Kingston and, and Daniel Bryan's accents and such like that right now, I think KO is a perfect fit for the, uh, you know, the rivalry. And, you know, Big E warned against it. There's a story, you know, it makes sense. And it's going to be uh, very fun to see how the rest of the story gets told. So, all in all, I uh, tried to get through the, oh, wait, you know what? That was SmackDown Live. Excuse me. We're going to get into 205 Live right now. Uh, just to make myself feel better about losing a lot of my audio again, just because of, you know, silliness and background noise and whatever else. But um, uh, 205 Live opened up with Drew Gulak on the podium talking about the situation that took place between him and Jack, or well, Gentleman Jack and Umberto uh, from two weeks ago, and now they're finally going to have the match, uh, Drew Gulak and Umberto, Car excuse me, uh, yeah, Drew Gulak and Umberto Carrillo, so that's going to be, uh, well, it was a really, really nice match, and now we were going to see Oni Lorcan taking on, excuse me, one sec, taking on Arya Davari while Tony Nese sat ringside because he was scouting the competition. It's totally a new era in 205 Live. And, you know, with Buddy Murphy moving on to SmackDown Live and Cedric Alexander moving on to Monday Night Raw, you know, and breaking that glass ceiling or, in so many words, reaching for that brass ring and uh, transcending the 205 Live roster. Like I said, it shows that 205 Live is a total stepping stone if you let it be. And now with the new slew of superstars that we have and the new champion, we're going to see exactly how uh, the ship is navigated. So, uh, Drew got Drew Gallagher. Jack Gallagher was uh, home injured with uh, stitches. All of, and, and believe it or not, he got him in his mustache. So it's like, get well. I can't wait. Can't wait to see gentlemen Jack get back on uh, 205 TV. Uh, Drew, Jack got excuse me. Drew Gulak and Umberto went at it one on one. Real good matches. A fair match on both sides. You could see exactly uh the strong suits from both you can see that uh gulag has a point and you know having that ground-based mat-based tech you know technique and you know why it's safer to be on the ground you're not running as many risks you can see umberto try to go for some high spots but really uh crash and burn at small moments but then it was more moments where his uh, high-impact, high-flying offense to high-risk did end up yielding a high reward for Umberto Carrillo. So I enjoyed uh, the match in its entirety. Um, Gulak was able to get the, I believe he's going for the Gulak at the end of it, but eventually Umberto was able to land that little springboard uh, backflip moonsault. And look, I thought it was a damn elbow when I first seen it, but to see that it's going to be a moonsault, that's fine. Good pin. Drew Gulak looks no weaker to me. He did a great job with his uh, opening promo segment, and we know he's an in-ring just specialist, submission specialist. So 
uh, great match from both of them. We can't wait to see how, uh, I guess, the story continues to develop between Umberto Carrillo and Jack Gallagher now. And, of course, between Jack Gallagher and Drew Gulak, where Jack believes that Drew Gulak was just trying to uh, get the, you know, advance his career and not, well, at the expense of uh, Gentleman Jacks. But, you know, that was that match. And I believe in the main event, Rudolph Holder, or not the main event yet, in between, we got um, the Brian Kendrick trying to speak to the general manager, or it was uh, the Canellis family speaking in, in the, to DMGM, and you know they had the, the conversations about the match last week and how the interferences was just a cause of a bunch of confusion, which ultimately led to uh, I believe Canellis winning and. Excuse me, uh, the Brian Kendrick came up and, you know, made a whole, not made a whole thing about it, but he chatted with him and told him, you know, hey, what you did was wrong and blah, blah, blah. But when I came back and was able to put the headphones on and really start paying attention, I saw that uh, he, he told him, hey, look, at the end of the day, I wasn't anything but a distraction. I just wanted to talk. And that was when Tozawa came up and attacked Mike Canellas from behind, which continues to you know, develop that rivalry between those two, and we're going to see exactly how Maria Canellis is, uh, will continue to play a role if she does or if she doesn't. Will she get ejected off, uh, from ringside or however it works? Oh, no, that was that segment. Very cool. Can't wait to see how it all, you know, uh, plays out. But to, to the main event, so Arya Dabari taking on Oni Lorcan. Oni Lorcan is somebody that wants to be at the top of the cruiserweight division. He's coming in. He's shown that he's capable more than enough. And Dabari isn't thinking about anybody but himself. I can take appreciation with the story that he's uh, telling right now and just being uh, being about him now. Instead of trying to prop up other superstars and help everyone else out, he wants to help himself and become the better version of himself. And that's something that I think we can all find relatable in a way, or at least uh, 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 some of us, you know. But he, uh, Dabari was able to pick up the victory after a very hard-fought battle where you would think that uh, only Lorcan was going to be able to come through with the victory. But no, no, Davari uh, hit the hammer lock and was able to pick up the victory. And that's one of those where I can't really go into all of the details of the match because it was so many highlights, hard spots, high spots, and just impactful happenings. I enjoyed the match. Davari picked up the victory, and I would like to see if this actually does align him up for a Cruiserweight Championship opportunity, uh, I would like to see Dabari as champion. But I would not like to see him take on Tony Nese to win the championship. I think that's the best way to say it. I want to see Dabari actually get a clean run and, you know, a clean championship victory. But I've been, you yeah, know, I've been rocking with Tony Nese since like day one. So I don't really want to, you know, I don't want to see my mans lose. <laughs> so, um, like I said, all in all, it's, uh, this was a very good week in WWE television. Uh, the Viking experience got changed to the Viking Raiders. Uh, Dana Brooke is moving one step closer online. Uh, Charlotte and Becky are going at it again, but Becky Two Belts is totally proven to be a different type of animal. We just need to see the in-ring work tighten up a little bit just as... It's a small, respectful, and heartfelt critique for me. I know that you have to worry about the superstar that's across from you also. 
as far as making the in-ring work look good. So I think that her and Charlotte, because they're accustomed to each other, are going to be able to give us a bang-up match. Shouts to the entire women's division. We see Naomi came out and got a good win. The Iconics as the women's tag team champions were, uh, you know, the, the brought out and shown on WWE TV just to make the titles uh, visible. Andrade is back on SmackDown Live. Aleister Black had a really good uh, promo where he's talking about a... Uh, I don't know if it was a good guy promo or a bad guy promo, so we'll just let that uh, continue to build. And the Firefly Funhouse, you know, Bray Wyatt is back with the cardigan and the, the you know, the collared shirt underneath, and he's looking slimmer than ever with his uh, slim khakis on, and, you know, uh, Abby and Mercy, it's, uh, uh, right now I think WWE is going in a good direction, so... I'm enjoying the product right now. I'm having uh, fun watching. I can't wait to see what happens next week. I hope you feel the same. And Money in the Bank is uh, vastly approaching. So, oh no, this is Blake. Shouts to everybody to bring to the podcast each and every week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy listening. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to applaud and uh, share this to all of your social media platforms and tell them there's somebody advocating for WWE that. Uh, might be able to make sense of what's going on on the product. So, again, with that, I will catch you guys next week. And um, can't wait. So, peace.